Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You are joined by myself, Lawson, and across from me, my co-host, all the way from the United States. We've got Laura. G'day, mate. <laughs> oh, I forgot what you were talking about. I'm like, oh, I should come in with a, 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 an American accent and be like, hey, everyone, welcome back to the show. You're joined by Lawson and Laura. And you'd be like, yeah. Hey. I don't think I sound like that, but <laughs> I, I, that's how I, that's my, that's my best imitation. Yeah. That, that it's I've better got. than my Australian accent. Yeah. How many, how many words do you know in Australian? I can say good eye. Okay. Mate. Okay. Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, fantastic. You might need to spend a bit more time here, but uh, hey, you're listening to the breakfast show. We are going to have another clue for the quiz. Laura, if you can get that for us, another clue for the quiz. Next clue is Judas threw this into the temple and then went and hanged himself. Oh, wow. Dramatic. So it is dramatic. This is actually, this is your penultimate opportunity to get in for the prize today, which is for this week has been the Revive Cafe Cookbook number eight. Mm-hmm. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you want that cookbook. We'll give it to you absolutely for free. You just mm-hmm. have to answer these corrections, this answer correctly and then get in the draw and win which is coming up at around 8 45 but give us that clue one more time judas threw this into the temple and then went and hanged himself amazing 0491 so i've got some text messages here uh this one was in regards to the news story that i shared about the victorian premier mm-hmm. and the yeah how he was saying that people were being he said homophobic bigoted um, and transphobic and racist because of their opposition to trans, uh, sorry, drag story time. And uh, I've got a text message come in that says, um, interesting, I didn't know homosexuality was a race. <laughs> Which is, I was like, oh, fair enough, good point. Uh, I got another text message here on that topic as well. It says, also, in the topic of the trans reading or, or, or drag reading time, to take an ultimate alternate view if we take god out of the picture i kind of understand the logic that anything should go Uh, why should we limit what we expose our kids to so i ask why not let drug dealers have a story time too what about bikey gangs and maybe even terrorists if we are going to diversify the role models kids can look up to why stop at just drag queens? Of course, this is a bit tongue-in-cheek, but that is the point. Without God, anything goes. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be listening to this and you might be thinking, oh, that is a bit harsh to compare a person who dresses up in drag with a bikey or a terrorist or a drug dealer, given that dressing up in drag isn't a crime here in Australia and being a bikey terrorist or drug dealer is, right? And you might... and you might be thinking, how, how is that an apt comparison that's actually probably offensive? But I will say to that, again, as, as Christians, and with Christianity being the foundation of our morality here in Australia and in the United States mm-hmm. as well, what we would yeah. classify as Judeo-Christian countries, which is a phrase that gets thrown a lot, around a lot in this space now that it's become mm-hmm. quite pop- popular, but it's just the reality. It's like, oh, our morality here in Australia comes from Judeo-Christian roots. Based on the Bible originally. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the reason that we outlawed, you know, terrorism is because we believe death and destruction is wrong. We outlawed drug dealing because we believe harming society with, you know, the drugs is wrong. We yeah. outlawed bikies because we believe... What's a- 
Bikey is it's like a gang member essentially. A bikey? Yeah. Do they ride bikes? They ride motorcycles. Oh, yes. okay. So yeah. it's like a motorcycle gang. gang. Yeah, motorcycle gang. Got yeah. You. yeah, yeah, yeah. We call them bikies. Bike. I was confused for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Really it's like, it's like it. hell's <laughs> angels. Do you have those in the states? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think so. so it's it's like okay, we the reason those are outlawed is because we have a moral foundation that says that that's wrong. Now that moral foundation also says that ex- again, exposing kids to sex workers is wrong, and but the 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 mold is trying to be pushed out, right? It's like, oh, no, we no longer believe that this is wrong. And that's the point of the text message that's been sent in here. It's like, where do we stop? Where do we limit? And although often it's been claimed that, no, there's not a slippery slope, it's, you know, we're, we're we're making good decisions, it seems as though in this particular aspect that, yeah, look, at the end of the day, as a person Mm -hmm. and who was a child and as a person who will potentially have children in the future i know for myself i'm like man i don't want my kids being exposed to this in a public space because like in victoria like brothels are like need to be regulated right Right. and need to be like not advertised and kept Mm -hmm. out of public view like prostitution well they've just gone out of their way to actually legalize street prostitution in victoria which again is another shift that's happening in that state so a lot of people are not happy with what's happening in victoria but um it's i think ultimately what we're seeing is a great shift here and the question is yeah where does it stop and and I guess these citizens have ultimately stood up and said, no, this isn't something that mm-hmm. we want. That we want. Interesting times. Let us know what you think. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you'd like to reflect on our political situation and our mm-hmm. our morals within this country of Australia, but now we've come to our Bible study time, yeah. and we're wrapping up our store our Bible study for the week. We've been covering Daniel chapter eight so far, and considering judgment. As overarching our 20 million movement Bible study, we've been looking at the three cosmic messages. And we come to verse 7 in Revelation chapter 14, which mm-hmm. is basically this section of the Bible, which we call the three angels message, which we right. believe to be God's last message for the world. We have this section that says, for the hour of his judgment has come. It's like mm-hmm. worship God, give glory to him. It's the last message that's going out for the hour of his judgment has come. And we've been considering, well, well why has the hour of his judgment come? And we've been looking at mm-hmm. Daniel chapter eight so far. Mm-hmm. And we've been we've gone through and we've seen prophetically, you know, you've got the different animals there. You've got the ram, and that represents Medo-Persia. You've got the goat, mm-hmm. that represents Greece. This is an, actually an awesome prophecy that yeah, foretells the future, cool. names these different nations by mm-hmm. name. We then see this little horn power, or the Antichrist, rise up and take its place as a persecuting power of God's people throughout the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. And we considered that. We had a look at that. But then it's like the the question is asked. And you know what? If you can read that for us, Laura, do you want to read verse 13 and 14 of Daniel chapter 8? Chapter 8, 13 and 14. Yes. All right. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and transgression of desolation and giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Mm. So the question is asked, how long can this power persecute? And the answer is given, for 2,300 days. And then it says, the sanctuary shall be cleansed. And then the question came up for us, well, what does it mean to the sanctuary is going yeah. to be cleansed? And that's what we had a look at yesterday. We looked at the Old Testament 
earthly sanctuary and we saw that it was a work of judgment. This cleansing in the sanctuary was contained within a service called the, the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement or the Day of Judgment, which it's which is translated as into English. That word atonement is a word that we've made up from biblical language. It means at one minute. We've just chucked it together. We call it Yom Kippur. That's like the the Hebrew word uh-huh. for it, which yeah. again translates directly to day of judgment. Because it was a judgment for the people. It was a division of the people between righteous and unrighteous. And the reason that is, okay, Laura, imagine. Okay, okay you have a lamb uh-huh. and you need to go and sacrifice it because you've sinned. That's really sad. And do you know how that process works? So what do you do? You, you take the lamb in, the lamb. and then what will you do with it? You've, kill you've, it? You've, you've, you've got to kill yeah. it, right? you got to get on top of the, the, the altar of sacrifice, and unfortunately, you know, you confess your sins unto the head of the lamb, yeah. and then you kill it. Kill it. We then see the sin now goes from you to the lamb. Yeah. It's blood that runs out into a bowl that the priest is holding, which the priest then takes into the holy place and sprinkles on the veil and puts onto the horns, the altar of incense. Basically what we see there is the sin goes from you to the lamb, to the the blood, to the priest, to the veil. And where is your sin now? Is it on you? No. Where is it? It's in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, right? So then once a year, they clean the sanctuary. All right. So where is your sin? Is it on you? No. Is it in the sanctuary? Well, if they've well, cleaned, not if they've cleaned it. If no. they, if yeah, they, yeah, yeah. If they clean the sanctuary, then then where's your sin? It's gone. There's, it's nowhere. Your sin, yeah, is yeah, not yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. It's not on you. It's not in the sanctuary. There is no more record of your sin. Yeah. Let's say you have sinned, as many of us have, and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to confess that sin. I'm gonna keep it to myself. So then, does your sin go into the sanctuary? No, 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 right? It's on you. So then once they cleanse the sanctuary, what happens? Is your sin gone? No. No, it's on you. Yeah. And so this would divide the people. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So because of this, you had this clear division then between people who had a relationship with God, who wanted to repent, who wanted to follow him. And you could see clearly through their actions. It was a very clear litmus test. Like people who didn't participate in the Day of Atonement didn't bring their sacrifices in. It's like, okay, the reason you're doing that is because you don't want to confess your sins. And so if you don't want to confess your sins, then in the Old Testament, in the in the Israelite camp, they would put you out. You would be mm-hmm. you'd be kicked out. Like, okay, you don't want yeah. you're, you're not a part of us essentially. Yeah. So this worked as an act as it as a judgment. And then they'll clean the sanctuary and you know make yeah. it. They get all the blood out of there because it's yeah. been caked up for like a year or whatever Ew. it may be, which is kind of a little bit a gross. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they would sort out the sanctuary and it, but but yeah, the clear the people were clearly divided. It was this work of judgment. Now we read in the book of Hebrews, particularly chapters nine and mm-hmm. ten, that. You know, God doesn't dwell in a sanctuary made by the hands of man, but in a sanctuary in heaven. And what we see here when the Bible is talking about 2,300 days, Mm -hmm. the sanctuary will be cleansed. Again, this is prophetic, apocalyptic Bible symbology. It's talking about the judgment, the heavenly sanctuary, and it's talking about the judgment to come. As we Mm -hmm. saw, right, you know, for the hour of his judgment has come. This is the last message to his people. And it's like, oh, well, how does that line up? Oh, in the same way that there was a judgment in the earthly sanctuary, there will be a judgment that takes place in God's heavenly Mm. sanctuary before Jesus comes back. Right. Now, we have this time period here, though. 
2,300 days. Now, how long how long of a time is that? It's if it's if it's literal days. Was it 300 days in eight? Like I think it's like six and a half years. Is that yeah, what it is? yeah. It's 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 not that long. It's like no. 2,300 days. Oh, okay. And in six and a half years, then the sanctuary yeah. will be cleansed. You know, if if I was yeah. in Daniel's position, I'm like, that's news. oh, that's that's pretty yeah. that's pretty straightforward. Right. That's that's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't seem to respond as positively to yeah. that news. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, let's go down to verse 27 in the book of Daniel and chapter eight. If you want to get that for us, Daniel 27. eight and verse 27. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one ever understood it. Absolutely. So Daniel is is pretty stumped by what's going on here. And it says he was sick for days. I, that is at a serious level of stress. I think there's been a few times in my life where I've kind of, I, I, I've stressed out about something mm-hmm. so much that I've like thrown up. <laughs> That's oh just that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys into the, yeah. <laughs> the skeletons in my closet, you know, uh, it's a bit of my past, but yeah, no, it's, it's been at, at some certain points in my life, I've been so stressed, particularly when I was younger, I, I really struggled with stress mm-hmm. when I was like 16, 17. Uh, as well, before I was a Christian, being so stressed that I would I would throw up, and yeah. a lot of it, this happens to a lot of sports people as well, getting so nervous that like before their game or whatever, they'll just like throw up because it's like, oh, this is so stressful. Mm. This is such overwhelming information for yeah. Daniel because he is so so stressed about it. But the question is, Daniel, why are you so stressed about it? Um, let's go to the book of Numbers. Can you turn to Numbers for us, Laura? Trendy. You're doing a fantastic job at reading so far as well. <laughs> numbers chapter 14, and we're going to be reading, if you can get for us, verse 34. Okay, Numbers 14, verse 34. Four, yeah. All right, here we go. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. Mm. Absolutely. So Numbers 14.34, this passage comes as a result of the Israelites not accepting what God had said, which was ultimately the charge to go into Israel and will go to go into the promised land of Canaan and take it over. Now, they're scared initially, so they send some spies in there. Amongst these 10 spies are Caleb and Joshua. Yeah. They go in there. They spy out the land, and do you know what, what their reaction was to when they saw the land? When they saw the land of Canaan? It was, oh, like there's giants. <laughs> well, th- that's what all the other spies yeah. were saying, and even Caleb and Joshua. But for Caleb and Joshua, did that deter them? Or Not at all. They are like, this is our promise land. Look at these grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, this is a land flowing of milk and honey. Yeah. Like, let's go, guys. And, hey, the, the hand of the Lord will be with us. Now, did the... Uh, <laughs> d- did the Israelites end up following Caleb and Joshua's advice? No, no right? And so persuaded by the other ten. Absolutely. Yeah. And because of that, they end up not entering the promised land. Mm-hmm. And then God says to them, Okay, well, because of these, and this is Numbers 30, 14, 34. Because you did not listen to me, mm-hmm. because you didn't go into the yeah. promised land when I told you, for the forty days that these people were spying, mm-hmm. you now have to live in the wilderness yeah. for forty years. Forty years. This is our first um our first instance of the idea of, of prophetically, because this is a prophecy, like that God is telling them you will live in the wilderness for 40 years. 
Um, it's the first day for a year. Yeah, the first precept yeah. of that. We see it then in the book of Ezekiel and, and a number Ezekiel, of others. Yeah, what comes to mind for me actually is Ezekiel um, chapter 4, verse 6. Mm. Um, and God tells Ezekiel, he says, And when you have completed them, lie again on your right side, and you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have laid on you a day for each year. Absolutely. So then we are seeing that, okay, we apply this to the book of Daniel. 2,300 days. If that then equals 2,300 years, we're talking about the longest time prophecy in the entire Bible. And 2,300 years, which is also just an incredibly long time. Yeah. Like a really, really, really long... What do you call it? It's Two millennia. Yes. Two millennia and three centuries, you know. Yes, that's it. It's... That is incredible. Do you think that there's, uh, I guess this is a question I just thought of, but um, like when we see before that the the, the years uh, represent a specific amount of time and days, like for a reason, mm. like mm. there was 40 days, like, and then so God gave 40 years, like, I wonder why it's 2300 and if mm. it's just like, if that 2300 days, I don't know, like has a reason for God having chose that. Yeah, it's, it's something that I've never necessarily thought of before. I know that and we're going to be looking at, well, when does this time period start? Because yeah. the one thing that Daniel 8 omits is a starting time, right. which is what Daniel chapter 9 is but about, we find that in, yeah, Daniel which 9. we're going to get into. Right. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you have a perspective. 0491-064-669. You can give us a call Guys, or a text. I'd love to know if there's anywhere else in the Bible where we see... 2,300, you know. There are some pretty famous numbers in the Bible, 7, 40, 12, 3. But, yeah, 2,300. Because in other places, God seems to have a reason for picking that number. Like, it correlates specifically to a time period of, like, Mm. like, days where God is using this as an intentional, like... Yeah, sure. Numerology in the Bible, we call it. Sometimes we can go a little bit too deep. I know that, like, there's a story where Solomon... Uh, receives like 666 coins from the temple. It's something like that oh. in the Old Testament. And and numerologists have gone like, oh, 666. But it's just like recounting just the number. facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, just... it's like, hey, that's that's how much stuff right. we needed. Um, but we then come to Daniel chapter 9. So we, we leave Daniel. He's sick. And we meet a Daniel here. What is Daniel doing in Daniel chapter 9? Yeah, so he, he starts out and he's um, – actually, he's been studying what Jeremiah says. So he's yeah. been doing some Bible study of his own. I he's love He's like, that. okay, God told me these things. Let's see what let's see what God's told other prophets. So he's studying Jeremiah, um, and he finds out, like in verse 2 here, um, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Yeah. So the context of that Daniel is living in – is that he was a captive taken from Judea and taken yeah. from Jerusalem to be in Babylon when he was a young kid. And now we meet him, and, and that's where the book of Daniel yeah. starts. We now meet him as an old person, and that time is being fulfilled. Yeah. He's like, hey, like, you know, and, and in fact, in Daniel mm-hmm. chapter 9, it's in the first year of Darius. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's the 70 years is up. Babylon, Darius, by the way, is the Darius. king of Medo-Persia. <laughs> Darius, Darius. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but um, he's in this context of like, okay, that time in Babylon has been fulfilled. Is Jerusalem going to be restored or what's going on? Particularly because how, how long is this period of time that he's been told about that they would be in Babylon? 70 years. 70 years. Yeah. Compared to 
2,300. Yeah, like, He's like, Lord, what did we do? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's no wonder that he was shocked and yeah. feeling sick. It also shows us that Daniel has a very clear perspective on day for yeah. a year as well. And it's yeah. the biggest reason why he then spends the rest mm-hmm. of Daniel chapter 9 reaching out to God. He's like, yeah. and we're, we're going to read a bit of his prayer and just seeing the way that he's calling out and ultimately the repentance that he makes yeah. for his nation corporately. Yeah. Uh, it, it's powerful stuff. And then we'll determine, uh, just as we finish in the next segment, we'll determine, well, when does this 2,300 years start and when does it end? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our final clue for the quiz. So your final opportunity to get in to win our amazing, awesome Revive Cafe cookbook. Awesome. Okay. So this clue is the love of this is the root of all kinds of evil. Can't miss this one, guys. Absolutely. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, make sure that you... Get those answers, guys. We want to give you this cookbook. We want you to live your best life. And, of course, with every cookbook that we give away comes the promise that if we're ever in your area, you're going to cook for us. Absolutely. So so, so whoever gets it, we don't, we don't care where you are, central Queensland, inside, outside, whatever it may be. We'll come visit. Hey, we'll, we'll come. Um, 0491-064-669. Hey, we've got a text message here as well. It says... Hi, I have been in the church for over 20 years and for the first time, a couple minutes before, can't remember her name, we've got Laura across from us, asked if there was a reason for the 2,300 days and I thought the same thing and decided I researched this. I believe there is quite possibly something in it. That comes from Danny. So, so yeah, it's the question is, well, why is that? From a numerology perspective, why is it that specific number of 2,300? We're going to be looking at right now, well, what does it start with and what does it end with and what's 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 it doing? Um, but before we get into that information, within the book of Daniel in in chapter, chapter 9, mm-hmm. we have this really awesome section of of just Daniel pouring his heart out to God and repenting on behalf of the people. And, and we see him say all kinds of things. We don't have time to get through the whole prayer. But actually, would you be able to read for us, Laura? Can you read verse 18 and verse 19? Verses 18 and 19. Chapter 9? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Mm, Amazing. So we have uh, this. I I, I love this. I I, I love Daniel's praying here. He prays repentance on behalf of the city. Like he says, incline your ear to hear. Um, open your eyes and see the desolations of your city. But up until this point, he's like, we've rejected you. We've rejected your word. We've rejected your message. We've killed your prophets. We've done everything wrong. But then he's just like, but God, this is your city. We are your people. And I think the biggest reason, ultimately, I think what Daniel knows and understands is that without the city of Jerusalem, the Messiah won't come. 
Yeah. Well, without his people, essentially, the, the biggest reason that God, if we, and this is going all the way back to Abraham, the biggest reason that God had chosen Abraham, had selected Israel as his people, was, you know, he, he gives the promises of covenant to, the Abraham, to, to Abraham. He says, you'll receive land and descendants, but also through you, the whole world will be blessed. Mm. And we know that to ultimately be a reference to the fact that the Messiah would come through these people. And so they have completely gone off track, completely gone astray. And because of that, they've been destroyed. Now, Daniel, he's like, all right, he's read Jeremiah, who was a contemporary of his at the time. He goes, mm-hmm. all right, 70 years, 70 yeah. years comes to an end. Now I've been given a prophecy of 2,300 years. God, what are you doing? Are you saying that it's 2,300 mm-hmm. years until the city can be rebuilt so that the Messiah yeah. can come? What is this 2,300 years? Right. Now we know that the 2,300 years ends with some judgment. Right. But what we're going to see in Daniel chapter 9 is that it gives us information as to both when it is that this 2,300 years end ends but simultaneously, what is going on with the Messiah and how that relates to everything mm-hmm. happening here? And I will say this. Daniel chapter 9 is some of the strongest, most convincing evidence that there is in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And we're going to look at it right now. So we've been given, we see this context of Daniel. Yeah. He prays, he repents, and then... We come to, do you want to read verse 20 for us? Verse 20. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Mm, So he says, like, while this is happening, do you want to read verse 21? Yeah. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening reached me about the time of the evening offering mm. so he sees here gabriel show up now who is gabriel an angel he's an angel yes. he's like one of the famous angels messengers yes. in fact he consistently shows up yeah in regards to messianic events you know when when jesus is born like all, all of these different types yeah. and he shows up now mm-hmm. and so gabriel shows up to, you know, at the response to Daniel's prayer. And I love what he says to him here. Do you want to read verse 22 and 23 for us? Yes. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Absolutely. So he, he is like, we heard you. We know what you want, and we we have come from heaven to give you an answer, which is oh, I love this. I love yeah. this so much. God answers prayers, and Amen. and especially like it's like oh, but why won't God answer my prayers? Well, yeah. what was Daniel praying for? Yeah. Repentance. He was praying for the future. He was praying for his nation. He was praying for he was praying for the right. Messiah. He's praying that God's work would get done based mm-hmm. on what the Word of God would, had said. And Daniel was also patient. Like this yeah. has been a journey. This isn't just starting in chapter nine. Like. Like yeah. There's been a lot of Daniel getting visions and asking for understanding. Yes, and like there's yeah. been there's been years between this, so patience is a huge part of this. God doesn't always just answer like right as we absolutely. Yeah. So now we come to chapter. We're going to come to verse twenty four. We might not have time to to fully flesh this out, but we have another segment after this after a couple of songs. But uh, let's start. Do you want to read verse twenty four for us? Yes. 
Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Okay, so we were given a 2,300 years period before. Now we're given a 70-week period. Now, weeks and days, there's seven days Days in a a week. week. So how many days is 70 70 times times seven? seven. Yeah, do you know how many days that is? That would be... 70 times 7. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, 7 you know seven, 100 and, Do you know seven, really 7 times 7? So 7 times 7 is, I know this because I did my times tables yeah. in school, is 49. Uh-huh. So it would be 490. All right. That sounds right. So we have a period here of 490. So it says, okay, in 70 weeks of this 490 year period, yeah. a bunch of stuff is going to be get done. Finish the transgression, the end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up prophecy, and to anoint, anoint the, the most, most holy. holy. So this is like all of these things that are going to happen yeah. during this time, which is, that is a lot of really impressive things. We're going to yeah. look at this in more detail after our song break. But do you want to read verse 25 for us? Read verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Okay, so then we're giving a starting time to this. It's like there's going to be 490 yeah. years starting from the command yeah. to rebuild yeah. and re, uh, re, rebuild <laughs> Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we've come to the time, Laura, where we do none other than spin that wheel. So we need to hit that button right now. Go for it. And okay, it's spinning. It's it's turning. It's spinning around. And we have... A winner! Congratulations to none other than Liz. Liz, congratulations on winning. We are going to get you that Revive Cafe cookbook ASAP. We're going to get that out to you, and then we're going to come to where you live. (laughs) That sounds so threatening, right? We're going to come to where you live. We will wait for a respectful invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they (laughs) not want us to come. No, Liz... Thank you so much for playing the quiz. And yeah. uh, I can't wait to come over and you can cook for You'll us. You'll have to let us know at least if you like the food. Absolutely. To, yeah. Hey, and congratulations to everyone who played this week and got answers correct and had their name in the draw, despite not winning. Yeah. You you good get to know. that You can you can say good job to yourself because you get to know <laughs> that, back. hey, I know the Bible. Because um, it was Bible trivia that got you in. Now, I want to finish up Daniel chapter 9 here. We've been looking at this yeah. this you know, prophetic um, information so far, the prophecy that Gabriel is giving to Daniel. So we've come to verse 25, and do you want to read that for us again? Verse 25 in Daniel 9. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Mm. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Okay, so again, we're given a time period here. Within the larger time period, we have yeah. 70 weeks or 490 years. Then it says that there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks until Messiah mm-hmm. the Prince, which 7 plus 62 is 69, and 69 times 7 why do you is think that, 483. So what are we yeah, going to say? Yeah, why do you think that there's a that, that split up 7 and 62? Oh, absolutely. So 
we know that there's a split up between this because seven weeks, seven okay. times seven is 49. 49. It took roughly a period of 49 years to yeah. rebuild the wall and the city ah. from the, the, the decree that was given yeah, here. So it okay. says here that there will be a decree um, going forth. There will be a command to rebuild the city. Now, you might be asking, oh, which command is this and where is mm-hmm. it? But thankfully, we don't need to guess. If we go to Ezra chapter seven, okay. I'm just going to quote this from memory because just just because I don't I don't want to leave. <laughs> it's uh, but it's 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 Ezra chapter seven and verse ten. Yeah. Uh, we know that, but in that chapter of, of Ezra chapter seven, we're essentially given a decree from King Artaxerxes mm-hmm. um, to go and to rebuild the city yeah. of Jerusalem, yeah. and he it's basically he says. Okay, you guys can go and rebuild Jerusalem and Medo-Persia, the kingdom of Medo-Persia, will sponsor the rebuilding of Jerusalem. So we'll get you all the information yeah. and everything that you – all the information, mm-hmm. all of the, the material supplies, everything that you could possibly need. Now, this happens um, – this, you know, this decree happens – it says in the second year of Artaxerxes' reign, which historically – we know that Artaxerxes mm-hmm. was actually a, a real king of the – Right. Empire of Medo-Persia. Yeah. Like, this wasn't that long ago. This is an ancient, ancient mythological history. This is, like, you know, f- well, 457 BC. Yeah. We know exactly when this happened. Also because the Medo-Persians kept great records of time. So 457 BC was when, this was the second year of King Artaxerxes, and it, that was the time in which he gave this command. So 457 BC is our then starting date. So then all we need to do is get a calculator out and go, okay, yeah. 457, you know, we have that seven years of rebuilding mm-hmm. the city plus 49, and then plus that 62-week period, which combined seven weeks, 62 weeks, 483 mm-hmm. years. So all we would need to do is is I'm going to look up on my calculator. Um, calculator, I'm going to write um, 457 minus 483. 483 and it gives us it spits out the number which is the which is 20 minus 26 26 now we know that in history when we're counting like bc and ad Uh that there's no year zero so that spits us out to the year 27 ad was there anything significant that happened in the year 27 ad i believe that's when jesus started his ministry yeah yeah he was baptized and Absolutely. Yeah. We read in the book of John that mm-hmm. he was he was baptized um, around and, and the book of John and the book of Matthew mm-hmm. that he was baptized in the year 27 AD. We see that yeah. because at that time, you know, certain rulers are, are ruling in Jerusalem. We know that the, the, the temple had actually been being built for 46 right. years by that time, mm-hmm. which historically we, we know was the year 27 AD. And yeah, so Jesus, he begins his ministry in 27 AD, which is, again, phenomenal that right. this is like, this is Jesus quotes himself. He mm-hmm. quotes from the book of Daniel. Yeah. Daniel is well established in the canon of scripture mm-hmm. by the time Jesus comes along and was written far before Jesus yeah. came along and to the year. It predicts exactly mm-hmm. when he would start his ministry. And it says here, it says, like, you know, that's when the Messiah would come. Yeah. Now, oh, we have just quickly run out of time. I know, we're going to so have to My pick goodness. this up next week and, okay. and finish this off. 
because it, it is it's absolutely so incredible. Yeah. Because then this starting date gives us perspective on this 2300 days, this yeah. 2300 years and when that ends. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. And although we didn't have the opportunity to finish our Bible study this morning, I guess we can wrap up by saying, oh, we will get more into it next week. I I definitely want to. But I guess we could wrap up by simply saying that it is God that has directed the steps of history. Amen. And although humanity, as we've been, we were talking about China, we were talking about, uh, you know, Jerusalem, Babylon, like uh, Dan Andrews and Victoria, (laughs) although we consistently make decisions against the Lord, his purposes will be worked out in the end. And we just simply have the decision to make. Do we want to be on his side? And the answer is resoundingly yes. And you can get more and more and more information about that from his word. He wants to assure Mm. us that he is ever working for us. But Guess what? what? Laura, we are going to give something away no absolutely way. for free Whoa. that the people can call or text <laughs> to win. And considering our topic today that we talked about in the interview, I've got a book here. It's called God's Holy Word, Is It Still Worth Dying For? by a writer, Ellen G. White. And it talks about all the different, you know, basically writing about people who have been persecuted for their faith mm-hmm. and, and what is the biblical perspective to have on, on, on the Bible? Is it important enough to give your mm-hmm. life for? You know, if, if someone if someone would, again, put, put you in a hypothetical situation, it's okay. either the Bible or your life, what decision do you make? Bible. And, yeah. and so that's exactly what this book is about. We're giving it away for free to the first caller or texter through at 0491-064-669. Well, Laura, we're going to get out of here. All right. We're heading off. We are headed off. But hey, guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you, with his sheep securely fold you, God be with you.